The title this morning is a simple one. The thought I'd like you to have is this. She's worthy. She's worthy. I'm going to pray and then you can be seated. Father, thank you very much for the time that we have this morning. And thank you for allowing us uh, to be together. And thank you for the technology and the means by which we can assemble in this way. And God, I'm thankful that that is beginning to come to an end. And uh, very soon we're going to begin uh, being back here together. And uh, I'm grateful for that. But this morning, Father, would you please help our thoughts to be focused upon the Word of God and specifically what we're talking about this morning. And God, would you help us to learn what we need to, to be convicted where we need it, to be encouraged where we need it. God, I pray that you would help each of us to appreciate the moms that you've given to us and in a broader sense, the women that you put into our lives that are a help in so many ways. And that this morning, each, each lady listening, whatever, whatever titles she may or may not have, God, I pray that she would be challenged to embrace your standard of womanhood. And God, that every woman would see the value that they have as a part of your creation and your purpose for influencing so many people. So God, thank you for the time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. Tony Dungy was the first black head coach to win a Super Bowl. In 2007, he led the Indianapolis Colts to a Super Bowl victory over the Chicago Bears, and he had a run, and I didn't look up the dates of this, but he had a run of 10 straight years where he led his, he led his team to the playoffs, which was an amazing feat. Now, for those of you who study football or follow it at all, you might know this about Tony Dungy, but he is a, a very public and unashamed believer in Jesus Christ. And it's not uncommon for him to reference his faith in Jesus. In 2016, he was inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. One commentator, one sports commentator said this about Tony Dungy. And keep this in mind that certain uh, sports analysts, they give their lives to not just studying a sport, but to studying the personalities of a sport. And so they, they get to know these men and these women on a very personal level. And that means they get to know their good qualities, and they get to know their flaws and their warts, sometimes of which, when it comes, like any other field, um, the more you get to know people, the more you're aware of their shortcomings. Well, this commentator said about Tony Dungy, there's, in his opinion, there has never been a more respected man in professional football. Now, that's saying, that's quite a compliment, that's saying something. There are a lot of athletes that profess faith, but there are very few athletes that actually allow that faith to affect how they live. But let's just be real about where we're at. There can be a whole lot of people in our realm that profess faith, 
and yet they fail to allow that faith to affect them on a daily, on a personal level. And yet, Tony Dungy was one that not only professed faith in Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ affected the way he lived and interacted with people on so many different levels. Well, during his induction speech, he took some time to reference his father and his mother, who I believe at that point had since passed on, but he specifically talked about his mother in two statements that he made. I want to read them to you. Number one, he said this about his mom. My mom taught us that as a Christian, your character, your integrity, and how you honor God are so much more important than your job title. What Tony Dungy was saying is that his mom wasn't concerned with how much he achieved by earthly standards as much as she was concerned with how much he achieved by God's standard and the kind of person he was by God's standard. She would routinely quote a verse to Tony. And he said, I know that she'd be happy her son never forgot that verse. That verse was found, is found in Matthew 16, verse 26. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You know, many people have walked away from some type of conviction or faith for the purpose of gaining. Or when they begin to gain or they, begin to, or they become prominent or they become enriched or they are popular they, they lose the foundation or they forsake the foundation on which they were raised, on which their life and their initial success was built. But Tony Dungy was raised in such a way by his dad, but for the purpose this morning, specifically in his reference by his mom as well, he was raised in such a way to understand that there's no amount of physical or material gain that can take the place of being right with God and living out the faith of Jesus Christ. And so we could say a few things about Tony Dungy. Number one, Tony Dungy, when it comes to the football world, is a highly respected man. He is held in high esteem. It doesn't mean he's perfect, and it doesn't mean everyone agrees with him, but the way he's conducted himself, the way he's lived his life, he is held in high regard. Part of the reason, or maybe the most important reason that he is held in high regard, is because of the way he has lived out his faith. He did not have a private Christian Tony, and then a public professional football Tony. No, they were one in the same. What he was privately, he also was publicly. What he was publicly is what he was privately. He is known for his faith. Again, I'm not saying that he's perfect, and I'm not saying that everyone would agree with him about everything, but his public reputation is that he is a man of integrity and devotion and commitment, and that he has a sincere faith that he professes in Jesus Christ, and his life bears out evidence of that. That's obvious. But then we could take it one step further back, and we'd say this, that that faith was greatly influenced by one particular woman, and that would be his mom. I'm so thankful 
for the influence of godly women in my life. First and foremost, I'm thankful for the influence of my mom, Barbara Pyle. I don't know how she survived. Because my brother and sister were really hard to deal with. (laughs) But I'm thankful for her. She's not perfect. She doesn't claim to be. But I know that so much that I enjoy today is a result of her breaking cycles in her life, of God breaking cycles that were established generations before her. And when she put her faith in Jesus Christ, stationed in Alexandria, Louisiana at England Air Force Base, that God began to change her life. And as a result, not knowing it then, but my life was going to be so much different than it could have been. I'm thankful for her influence in my life. I'm thankful for people like Mrs. Fix. I knew her when I was a little kid in a small country church running like maybe 50 where my dad pastored in Ringgold, Louisiana in a town of 2,000 or less at the time. And uh, a lot of hardworking people living in the country, doing a lot of different jobs to get by. And Mrs. Fix would have, she would have candy for us. And I can't remember a lot about her. I just, I remember her telling me things like this. And later my mom telling me things like this. She would come up to you and she would tell you, Jonathan, I'm praying that God will use your life one day. I'm thankful for women like that, women that have faded in my memory some, but there's enough there to know that God used not just their influence directly into me, but their influence before his throne on my behalf. I'm thankful for women like the one I refer to as Mama Kay. Mama Kay is my mother-in-law. Her name is Aletta K. Borders. Addison's middle name is after her. And, uh, and Mama Kay had influence in my life before I began to pursue Andrea. But her greatest influence in my life is in the way that she loved and influenced her daughter. And I benefit, and my children benefit from Mama Kay's influence. And again, it wasn't always easy because Andrea can be kind of challenging. (laughs) Maybe that actually had to do with Andrea's three brothers. (laughs) I'm so thankful for what I get to enjoy because of the influence of godly women. I'm thankful for the women of West Valley Baptist Church. Thankful for the way that you love and that you serve. I'm thankful, again, this isn't, don't misunderstand this this morning. This is not to the exclusion of men. We all understand that. We're not talking about the exclusion of manly influence or godly manliness. That's not the point. But today is a day that has been designated for the purpose of honoring motherhood. And uh, I like to uh, broaden that and honor womanhood, womanhood as well. And as a church, we are blessed with a great number of godly and faithful women. Women who serve and who minister in so many ways. 
women who influence and have wise counsel and who are a help in so many ways. Thankful for ladies like Miss Jessica and Miss Brenda and Miss Rebecca and others who play and who minister in the music consistently, never seeking to be recognized, but they're just always in their place. Countless women who serve in the nursery when it's not easy, but they're there over and over and over again so that families can hear the word of God without distraction. Sunday school teachers like Miss Tammy and Miss Yoli and uh, others who work in those ministries to labor and to teach. I'm thankful for the influence of a, a, of a godly secretary, a godly administrator in our office, Miss June. And she's not just there to do a job, but I see on a regular basis the heart that she has for people. And uh, I think it'd be appropriate, and it's my heart's desire. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm, I'm so blessed to be married to Andrea Pyle. I'm not just thankful to have a wife like her. I'm thankful to have her as my wife. I'm thankful for the way that she has bought into God's calling on my life. And when she agreed to marry me, she was committing herself to follow me wherever I said God was leading her. God was leading us. And the only thing that she's asked of me is that, Jonathan, you be able to look me in the face and tell me you believe that this is what God wants us to do and I'll go with you anywhere. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the commitment to her faith that I see specifically in the way that she raises our children. You know, sometimes in the busyness of life or sometimes just because of imperfection, I can miss some time praying with my kids or miss some Bible time, but I'm thankful that Andrea has consistently through the years always had my back in that without me ever having to ask her for that. I'm thankful for the spirit of my children, and that spirit is greatly influenced by the spirit of their mom. You say, what are you talking about? Well, like Tony Dungy recognized the value of a godly woman in his life, I just want to praise the Lord for godly women that he has placed in my life. Far more than I could name. In Proverbs chapter 31, the context is that of a mother who is giving advice to her son. Now, this son, we find out, is a king. And I don't know anything historically about him, but the words in verse 1, it says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. And so... As a king, this man would have great influence and great power. And specifically when it came to romance, he could basically have any woman that he wanted. And uh, there would obviously be many women that would try to gain his romantic favor for their own gain. Well, his mom is trying to help him to understand some things in uh, verse number 30, she sums up the chapter and she says this to her son, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, 
but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She isn't saying that it's wrong to be beautiful or it's wrong to be attracted to physical beauty, but there, is, there needs to be more that you value than just physical beauty. You see, physical beauty doesn't last forever, but there are things that do last forever and they have a longer lasting influence. And so she's trying to teach her son what to look for in his prospective wife. You need to value godliness. You need to value character. You need to value faithfulness. You need to value work ethic. It's, the chapter 31 is the testimony of a mom trying to help her son look for the right things in a woman that he would want to be his wife. And so beginning in verse number 10, she gives a character sketch of a, what she calls, what the text calls, a virtuous woman. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The word virtuous, is the definition is more extensive than this, uh, but in part it means to have a high standard, a high moral standard. A virtuous woman is one who has a high standard for herself, a high standard for her purity, a high standard for the presentation of herself and her work, a high presentation for her work ethic, a high presentation for her respectfulness, a high presentation for the way she, in this text, she manages her business and she manages finances. Uh, a high standard for the way that she cares for her children, for the way that she respects and protects and helps her husband. Uh, a high standard for the way that she ministers to the needs, not just of her family, but to the needs of the poor. She has a high standard for the education of her children and the defense of her family. She has a high standard for herself that she seeks to live up to she has a high standard for the way that she loves. Now, don't misunderstand this. People can read Proverbs 31, especially beginning in verse number 10 down, and you get this idea that this is some kind of superhero woman that doesn't really exist. The point here is not that she's perfect. It's not that she doesn't have struggles. It's not that she never gets tired. It's not that she doesn't have flaws. It's not that she never has a bad attitude. The point is that she is consistently trying to be the best woman that she can be in all of the ways that she has influence, in all of, with all of the titles that she has, has, with all of the responsibilities that might be placed upon her. She is, as a virtuous woman, she is constantly striving to honor God and to be the very best that she can be. If she is a wife, then she wants to be the best wife to her husband that she can be. If she is a mom, then she wants to be the best mom that she can be. If she has responsibility for administrating finances or caring for the poor or making clothes or cooking meals or whatever it is, she wants to be the very best at it that she can be. And it's not for the purpose of elevating herself. It's for the purpose of honoring God and doing good for those who are around her. Well, this culminates in verse number 28 with her being honored. The verse that we read for our text, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Two things happen 
in the home of a woman who holds herself to some level of a high standard and strives, according to this text, strives to live out the faith of God in all the ways that she has responsibility. Number one, her children rise up and they call her blessed. Now when you rise up for someone, it's a sign of respect. There used to be a day when any time a lady would enter the room or any time a lady would approach the table that all the men would stand up. And we don't, we don't do this perfectly, but we try to do it here at West Valley that for any men that are standing on the platform, any time a lady might come up on the platform for the purpose of giving a testimony or for the purpose of singing or whatever that interaction is going to be, then we want to be in the habit of standing. We want to show respect. We want to show regard for the ladies that God has blessed us with. And so her children rise up. When she enters the room, I imagine children sitting around a family room, and uh, the mother walks in, and the children all in one motion, they stand up, and their attention and their focus is centered specifically on her. And, and much like uh, when we're paying tribute to the American flag, or at a wedding ceremony when the bride is walking down and everyone stands, it shouldn't just be on special occasions that mothers are honored, but there, with these children, because of how she's lived her life and influenced them, there is this attitude of respect towards her. And they specifically, they take this act of rising up and intentionally and on purpose calling her blessed. When that term is referring to her character, her standing with God, they are deliberately trying to show her that they appreciate her and that they respect her. But then the husband in this text gets in on the act. The, her husband also, and he praiseth her. He expresses in very specific terms her worth. He's able to articulate why he values her and what she means to him. So... Uh, the result of a virtuous woman living out the high standard to which she holds herself to honor God and to minister to those people around her, the result of that is that she is honored, she is esteemed, she is respected, and she is appreciated by those around her, specifically by those closest to her in her own home. Her children and her husband all join together in honoring so here's the statement, a virtuous mom should receive consistent affirmation from her children and her husband. A virtuous mom should receive consistent affirmation from her children and her husband. Now, just because I gave you the statement doesn't mean that we're even close to being done yet. So just hang on for a second. I'm thankful for Mother's Day and the idea of honoring the women that are so instrumental in caring for us when we're helpless, believing in us when we're afraid, challenging us to do better when we settle for less than our best, confront us when we're wrong, that love us consistently and unconditionally. 
I'm thankful for a day like this. You say, well, Mother's Day isn't in the Bible. Yeah, but moms are in the Bible, and honoring moms are in the Bible. And so we really don't need to get wigged out that we have a holiday dedicating to honoring moms. As Christians, we should probably just say, this is a good day to do what the Bible says. You're welcome for that. (laughs) But the honoring of the women in our life shouldn't be limited to a day. It should be a regular part of our lifestyle to honor our moms, to honor the mothers of our children, to honor the godly women that have such an influence in our lives. A virtuous mom should receive consistent affirmation from her children and her husband. It shouldn't just happen once a year. It should happen many times through many small and consistent acts that help the women in your life to know, I am valued and I am appreciated for the level at which I try to live out the faith of Jesus Christ. But when you start to think about this verse, there's a few challenges that we experience and that we have to be honest and deal with. Challenge number one is this, every mom isn't virtuous. There are women that have the title of mother, but not the heart, nor anything remotely resembling the character of a virtuous mom. You see, it's one thing to bring a child into the world. It's one thing to have a title. It's another thing altogether to actually love and minister to that child in a way that would be pleasing to God. You see, there are those who desire adoration. There are women who desire to be adored, but they've never disciplined themselves to actively seek the best interest of their own families. There are women who have the title of mom, but they live very self-centered lives, consumed with only their desires and their appetites, The praise that comes in verse number 28 isn't the result of a woman who is consumed with herself. The praise is a result of a woman who is consumed with God and consumed with her family and loving others and ministering to the needy. It's the result, it's the consummation of a woman who is filled with the grace of God and who lives out that virtue. And yet there are some women who want this adoration and they think that a title is entitles them to that adoration, but it's not the title that guarantees you or that should result in you being adored. It is the way you live your life. You aren't praised because you have a title. You're praised because of your character. You're praised because of your commitment to your family, your commitment to your church family, your commitment to your community. And maybe this morning there are some moms who need to take some evaluation And take responsibility for yourself. Don't blame others for for what you are not. If you know in your life that you've not been the kind of wife, you've not been the kind of mom, you've not been the kind of woman, it would be so typical of this culture, it would be so typical of human nature, even recorded in the Bible, it would be so normal for you to say, well, if my husband were this, or if my children were that, or if my circumstances were this, You take responsibility for yourself. Do your children have flaws? Most definitely. Does your husband have flaws? 100%. 
but your spirit and your work ethic and your love are your responsibility. Challenge number one is that not every mom is virtuous. Challenge number two is this. Every virtuous mom isn't appreciated like they ought to be. There are many women who live out the virtue to one degree or another without ever receiving the recognition that they should that they deserve. There are many women who have loved their children to the best of their ability and those kids grow up to despise them. And through no fault of the mother, through no fault of the father, the heart of the children is hardened and they choose to despise them There are many a virtuous woman whose husbands do not value them. They love and they sacrifice. They care for and they are faithful and they do everything that they possibly could. Again, not claiming perfection, but they have strived to live out what it means to be a godly woman. And yet they are not valued in a way that they should be. It's the nature of a fallen world that wives and moms can love and sacrifice and not receive the affirmation or the appreciation that they deserve. It should not be true among God's people. And yet oftentimes it can be. It's easy to take these women in our lives for granted. Think about my mom. I think about my mother-in-law. I think about my wife. I think about so many of you. It's almost like the sunrise. You're always there for your kids. Maybe not perfectly, but most of the time, your kids just assume you're going to take care of them. You're always there for your husband's. You're consistent in so many ways. And yet if we're honest, believers, we can take these women for granted. There can be strife or bitterness over small things that result in great schisms that last a lifetime. Men get lazy. Now look, brothers, please hear me. Don't don't use this excuse. Well, it's just it's just hard to understand my wife and and I I really have a hard time expressing my thoughts. Listen, there can be different challenges in in that. I understand that. But we talk in detail about a great number of things. We men can talk in detail about their jobs. Men can talk in detail about their hobbies. Men can talk in detail about their sports. So many times our our lack of expressing specific appreciation and affirmation for our wife has, is nothing more than we're just lazy and we don't want to put in the effort to thinking or to learning how to say to her the things that she ought to be hearing from us as her husband. And Did you notice in the text how that it's not only the children praising the mom, 
but it's the husband praising the mom of the children. Not just praising his mom, but he's praying the mom of his children. He is giving honor to her. Dad, you ought to be setting the tone for giving affirmation to your wife. Your children ought to learn how to appreciate their mom by the way that their husband, by, excuse me, by the way that their father appreciates their mom. No, I'm not perfect in this. I haven't always done the best at this, but I want, I want my children to be able to look at the way I value Andrea and, that, and them to learn that this is how we ought to value our mom. Not only that, but children today, there can be strife and bitterness. Men can get lazy. Children are allowed to be self-centered. I'm amazed at how disrespectful children are allowed to be towards their parents, and specifically today towards their moms. I'm amazed at how dismissive teenagers can be of their parents' instruction and of their mom's commands or wishes. As our culture becomes more selfish, our appreciation for people we should value declines. And that is nowhere more true than in watching children interact with their mothers. Look, I... I understand we're on live stream, but there is a very biblical way to deal, to deal with a child who is not respecting his mom. And if you're so immature that you still talk back and argue with your mom consistently, then it would, it would be helpful for you to receive some biblical correction. And to dads and moms... I'm so tired of children being allowed to disrespect and dishonor their parents, their moms. And specifically, I don't want to say that to moms as much as I want to say it to dads. Man, my dad had, has some great qualities. And one of the things that I, was, that I resisted then, but I'm so thankful for now, he would smoke me. And if you don't know what that means, then you figure it out or come talk to me later but he would smoke me if I was disrespectful to my mom. And uh, he would get in my face and he would deal with me. And it, it had to happen time and again. And, and, and look, I was, I was such a challenge that there were times that he missed, not through his own flaws, but just because there was such an abundance of opportunities and he had other stuff going on. But I'm thankful that I was constantly challenged and confronted and corrected to show my mother the respect that she deserves. And my children, they understand this is how it works in the pile home. If you're going to live in this house, you're going to honor the woman in this house who works so hard for your welfare. You don't get to decide as a child whether or not you respect your mom. You will respect your mom and you will be thankful for your mom. And before you ever complain, you will learn to have gratitude and to be grateful. And yet we've lost that. In so many, in so many professing Christian homes, we have allowed children to increasingly become more and more demanding and less and less grateful. And the end result are moms who are not only tired and, and worn out, but they are emotionally frazzled and discarded because they are not respected and appreciated like they ought to be. Every virtuous mom isn't appreciated. Challenge number one, every mom isn't virtuous. Challenge number two, every virtuous mom isn't appreciated. Challenge number three, every virtuous woman isn't a mom. One of the great 
sorrows, challenges, difficulties, call it whatever you want, that a select number of women have to deal with is never being able to have a child. Now, I don't know why this is in some cases. The only thing I know is that it's very hard, and you really have no idea the difficulty of that unless you've experienced it. But for those women, there's two possible responses to this. Number one is to feel sorry for yourself or to get bitter and resentful. Number two is to be a virtuous woman who loves and serves and exercises her influence in all the ways God allows her to. We are blessed to have women at this church who may not have the title of mom, but they have the heart and the influence of a mom. They may not have their own children at this point, but they influence and love my children and yours. They encourage you privately. They pray for you. They work tirelessly for the welfare of others, and they refuse to be defined by what they don't have. But instead, they do their best to maximize the influence that they do have. They love like a mama, and to some, they have the influence of a mom. To every lady who might find herself in those circumstances, I want to remind you of this. You don't have to have the title of a mom to have the influence and the value of a mom. For every woman that doesn't have a child, there is a person, a child, sometimes another woman, another adult, that needs and benefits from your love and your influence. Here's the statement, a virtuous woman, you remember how I said it at the beginning, a virtuous mom, a virtuous woman should receive consistent affirmation from the people that she consistently influences. Three questions and then we'll be done. Number one, to every woman, be worthy of the affirmation. Have a high standard for yourself. Don't, don't blame others. You take responsibility for your spirit and you, your attitude. You, you take responsibility for your conduct. You take responsibility for your investment. You be what you're supposed to be. Number two, if you are blessed to have godly women in your life, be diligent to give them praise. To every teenager that's listening to this, you may not feel it right now, but one day you're going to be in my position. One day you're going to have a family of your own or a career of your own. And you're going to look back as a teen when you were a teen and you're going to wish that you had appreciated your mom more then. And you're not guaranteed, teens, listen to me, 
You're not guaranteed indefinite time to love and to value your mom. Every teenager listening, please get a hold of this. You love your mama. That doesn't mean she's perfect. Don't expect your mom to be something that you aren't, which is perfect. You love her. To every, to every man that is blessed with a virtuous wife, show your children how to respect and to love that woman. Teach them by your own example how to affirm her and how to honor her. And to our church, recognize the influence of godly women here. They don't need a title in order to be meaningful and to make a difference. And our church is strengthened and blessed by so many different women that come from so many different backgrounds and have so many different stories. And we need to be diligent to recognize them and to appreciate them. And it shouldn't be reserved for Mother's Day. It should be a consistent part of what we are as a church. Number two, number three, excuse me. If you don't have a title, specifically as a mom or a wife, that doesn't mean you aren't a great influence in the lives of people. So you keep loving where God gives you an opportunity to love. You keep influencing where God gives you opportunity to influence. And I know based on the promise of the word of God, eternity will reveal you've had far more influence and you've been far more of a help than you could ever dream. A virtuous woman should receive consistent affirmation from those she consistently helps and influences. Let's all stand together. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'd like you to take a moment and consider the questions this morning. Number one, do you have the right standard for yourself as a woman? God's standard. You have his standard for your attitude, for the way that you love, for your selflessness. Look, it's it's not the standard for women, and then there's a different standard for men. It's the standard for Christians. Do you love like that? Do you minister? Do you have the heart of your Savior, Jesus Christ? Number two, to those who have been blessed with godly women in your life, do you appreciate them like you should? value them like you should dads are you setting the tone in your home church are we honoring those women that mean so much to us number three you may not have certain titles that you desire but you can have more influence than you realize i I hope you'll continue to pray and continue to ask for God to give you the desire of your heart. But whatever, however that turns out, don't limit how God can use you right now. The love that you can have. While Brother Adam sings, if 
God has dealt with your heart, you respond to him. more verse. thank you for the time this morning. Thank you for your love for us and your goodness in our lives. I pray that you would please continue to work and to help us to grow as your people. God, thank you for the women in our lives. Lord, I, I didn't even talk about this. You just I'm thinking about it now, about the women that join themselves to Jesus Christ to follow him and the way that they had significant influence in ministering to the Savior. And, and the New Testament is filled with godly women who affected the cause of the gospel in so many ways. The Word of God is, is filled, Old and New Testament, with godly women who were used in so many ways. So, Lord, help us, number one, to appreciate those women in our lives. Number two, would you help each woman to have that own standard for herself, that she would live up to your expectations for her what your word says. God, thank you, for, thank you for blessing us. Thank you that we're so rich because of the women in our lives. I pray that you would bless them, bless the time that families have together today. And I, I pray that with your help, it would be a special day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for being a part of the services today or this morning. And remember that we have services tonight at 5 o'clock. Hopefully some more pictures will be turned in uh, celebrating Mother's Day and just doing different things to honor your mom. And I want to encourage each of you to have a great time with your family. I'm looking forward to being back tonight with you at 5 p.m. Until then, God bless you, and we will see you.